0: chapter 3 of the history of philosophy this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by larry wilson history of philosophy by william turner chapter 3 the eleatic school the members of this school were concerned not so much with the origin of things as with the principles of the world, of things as it now is. Their inquiry centered around the problem of change, and in their solution of this problem they introduced the notions of being and becoming, thus carrying speculation into regions strictly metaphysical. The chief representatives of the school are Xenophanes the theologian, Parmenides the metaphysician, Zeno, the dialectician, and Melissus, who shows a tendency to return to the views of the earlier Ionian students of nature. Sources The work entitled Concerning the Opinions, or Concerning Xenophanes, Zeno, and Gorgias, which contain an account of the doctrines of Xenophanes, Zeno, and others, and which was at one time included among Aristotle's works, is now known to have been written neither by Aristotle nor by Theophrastus by a later writer of the aristotelian school our knowledge of the eleatic philosophy is derived from some fragments of the writings of the eleatics themselves from aristotle's account of them in his metaphysics and from the works of simplicius who had access to a more complete eleatic literature than we now possess Xenophanes, life Xenophanes was born at caliphon in asia minor about the year 570 B.C. According to Theophrastus, he was a disciple of Anaximander. After wandering through Greece as a rhapsodist, he settled at Elia in southern Italy, and from this city is derived the name of the school which he founded. The date of his death is unknown. Sources It is important to distinguish here, 1. the fragments of Xenophanes' didactic poem, and, to the accounts given by our secondary authorities. In the former we find merely a set of theological opinions. In the latter, Xenophanes is represented as holding certain views on general metaphysical problems. DOCTRINES In his didactic poem, Xenophanes opposes, to the polytheistic belief of the time, the doctrine of the unity, eternity, unchangeableness, sublimity, and spirituality of God. With the enthusiasm of fine frenzy of a prophet, he inveighs against the notions commonly held concerning the gods. Each man, he says, represents the gods as he himself is, the negro as black and flat-nosed, the Thracian as red-haired and blue-eyed, and if horses and oxen could paint, they no doubt would depict the gods as horses and oxen. FRAGMENT six. So also, he continues, men ascribe to the gods mental characteristics which are human, they do not understand that God is all eye, all ear, all intellect, according to our authorities, and we have no right to challenge their unanimous verdict in this matter. All that is said in the sacred poem of Xenophanes is to be referred to the unity and eternity of the totality of being. Plato and Aristotle describe Xenophanes as teaching the unity of all things. If this pantheism appears to us to be irreconcilable with the monotheism of the poem we must not conclude that the contradiction was apparent to xenophanes who though he could rise above the popular concept of the gods could not wholly free himself from the notion so deeply rooted in the greek mind that nature is imbued with the divine one in his metaphysical inquiry Xenophanes seems, according to the pseudo-Aristotelian treatise above mentioned, to have started with the principle that nothing comes from nothing, whence he concluded that there is no becoming. Now, plurality depends on becoming. If then there is no becoming, there is no plurality. All is one, and one is all. The authority, however, of this portion of the treatise is doubtful, though it may with safety be said that if Xenophanes Did not develop this line of reasoning as parmenides his disciple afterwards did the premises of these conclusions are implicitly contained in the theological poem for the same reason it is uncertain whether xenophanes maintained the infinity or the finite nature of the deity or whether he endowed the deity with a certain spherical shape two in physics xenophanes in common with others of his school forgets the unity of being, which, as a metaphysician, he had established, and proceeds to an investigation of the plurality which he had denied. He advocates empirical knowledge, though he holds it to be unworthy of entire confidence, teaching, fragment 16, that truth is to be discovered by degrees. According to some of our authorities, he held that the primitive substance was earth. According to others, he held that it was water and earth. A few attribute to him the doctrine of four primitive elements. There is better foundation for the opinion that he supposed the earth to have passed from a fluid to its present solid condition, basing his belief, according to Hippolytus, on the fact that petrified marine animals are found on land and even on mountains. Thus, although the one total is eternal, the world in its present form is not eternal. Historical position: Xenophanes' system is so far. The boldest attempt to synthesize the phenomena of the universe. In fact, it is one instance among many in which the desire to find the One in the manifold, a desire which is the inspiration of all philosophical speculation, is carried to the excess of monism. For if we are to accept any theory that will reconcile Xenophanes' metaphysics with his theology, we must hold that he identified nature, the One immutable, eternal, with God who likewise possesses these attributes. PARMENIDES LIFE Parmenides, who was perhaps the greatest of all the pre-Socratic philosophers, was born at Elea about 540 B.C. According to Aristotle, he was a disciple of Xenophanes, whose doctrines he took up and carried to their idealistic consequences. He had a more definite grasp of principles than Xenophanes had, AND DEVELOPED THEM WITH GREATER THOROUGHNESS THAN HIS MASTER HAD DONE. SOURCES The didactic poem, Perithousios, composed by Parmenides, and preserved by Sextus, Proclus, and others, consists of three parts. The first is a sublimely conceived introduction, in which the goddess of truth points out to the philosopher two paths of knowledge, the one leading to a knowledge of truth, the other to a knowledge of the opinions of men. The second part of the poem describes the journey to truth, and contains the metaphysical doctrines of the author. The third part, dealing with the opinions of men, contains a hypothetical physics, a cosmology of the apparent. DOCTRINES METAPHYSICAL DOCTRINES Truth consists in the knowledge that being is, and that not-being can neither exist nor be conceived to exist. The greatest error lies in treating being and non-being as the same from this fundamental error arise the opinions of men truth lies in thought for nothing can be but what can be thought the senses lead to error being therefore is and since not being is not being is one it is consequently unchangeable and unproduced despite the testimony of the senses to the contrary for how could being be produced either from not being which does not exist from being, in which case it was before it began to be. Therefore it is unproduced, unchangeable, undivided, whole, homogeneous, equally balanced on all sides, like a perfect sphere. From the comparison of being to a sphere, it appears that being is not incorporeal. Ideas do not appear in philosophy ex abrupto. They are gradually developed in the course of speculation. Thus Parmenides' idea of reality, is not that of the Ionians, who spoke of a crude material substratum of existence. Neither is it the highly abstract notion of being, which we find in the philosophy of Plato and Aristotle. It is a something intermediate between these extremes, and is by some likened to our notion of space. Physical Doctrines Though right reason, Lagos, maintains that being is one and immutable, the senses and common opinion, Doxa are convinced of the plurality and change which apparently exist around us placing himself therefore at this point of view Parmenides proceeds to give us one a cosmology of the apparent here he is evidently influenced by the pythagorean doctrine of opposites he maintains that all things are composed of light or warmth and darkness or cold of these the former according to aristotle corresponds to being the latter to not being they are united by a deity, Diamonhe panta kuberna they are symbolically described as male and female, and their union is said to be effected by Eros, the first creation of the deity, two an anthropology of the apparent, the life of the soul, perception and reflection depend on the blending of the light, warm and the dark, cold principles, each principle standing as we should say. In psychical relation to a corresponding principle in the physical world. In his cosmology, as well as his anthropology, Parmenides did not abandon the metaphysical doctrine that being is one, and that change is an illusion. The views just described are those which Parmenides would have held, had he believed in plurality and change. Historical Position Parmenides is the first Greek philosopher to place reason in opposition to opinion. Though he makes no attempt at determining the conditions of knowledge, he prepares the way for subsequent thinkers and formulates the problem which Socrates was to solve by his doctrine of concepts. The doctrine of the unity of being could not be further developed. It was left for Zeno, the disciple of Parmenides, to give a more thorough dialectical demonstration of the monistic idea. Zeno of Elea. Life Zeno of Elea, born about 490 BC, was according to Plato the favorite pupil of Parmenides. He defended the doctrines of his master and showed by the use of dialectics the absurdity of common opinion. Sources Plato speaks of a work, apparently the only work, of Zeno which was a polemic against the common view that plurality and change are realities. It consisted of several discourses, logoi, in each of which were hypotheses or suppositions, made with the intention of reducing them ad absurdum. The method is, therefore, indirect, and it is because of the skill with which Zeno applied this method, that Aristotle, if we are to believe Diogenes and Sextus, regarded him as the founder of dialectic. The work, with the exception of a few extracts, preserved by Simplicius, is lost we are obliged, consequently, to rely almost entirely on secondary sources. Chief among these is the physics of Aristotle, in which we find Zeno's arguments against the reality of motion. DOCTRINES The arguments against motion are as follows. First argument. A body, in order to move from one point to another, must move through an infinite number of spaces, for magnitude is indivisible ad infinitum but the infinite cannot be traversed. Therefore, motion is impossible. Second argument. The problem of Achilles and the tortoise. Third argument. A body which is in one place is certainly at rest. Now the arrow in its flight is at each successive moment in one place. Therefore, it is at rest. Fourth argument. This is based on the fact that two bodies of equal size must move past each other twice as fast. If they move with equal velocities in opposite directions, as one would move past the other if this latter were stationary. Motion, therefore, is an illusion, because one of its fundamental laws, that bodies with equal velocities traverse a certain space in equal times, is not true. Aristotle meets these arguments by defining the true nature of time, and by pointing out the difference between actual and potential infinity. Similarly, Zeno, according to our secondary sources, argued against plurality in space. 1. Zeno argued directly against the testimony of the senses. If a measure of corn produces a sound, each grain ought to produce a sound. 2. Against space. If being exists in space, space itself must exist in space, and so ad infinitum. This argument is contained in one of the extracts preserved by Simplicius. 3. If the manifold exists, it must be at once infinitely great and infinitesimally small, because it has infinitude of parts which are indivisible. Therefore, the existence of the manifold involves a contradiction. Historical Position Zeno's contribution to the philosophy of the Eleatic school consists in what must be considered an irrefutable indirect proof of the twofold principle on which the school was founded namely that being is one and that change is an illusion melissus life melissus was according to diogenes laertius a native of samos we have no reason for doubting that he was as plutarch says the commander of the samian fleet which defeated the athenians off the coast of samos in the year 442 b c He was, therefore, a younger contemporary of Zeno, and it is possible that, like Zeno, he was a pupil of Parmenides. He wrote a work, Peritus Hantos, or Perithusios. Sources Of the work just mentioned, Simplicius has preserved some fragments. These fragments agree with the accounts given of the doctrines of Melissus, in the first part of the pseudo-Aristotelian treatise concerning Xenophanes, etc. Doctrines Method, Melissus undertook, as Zeno had done, to defend the doctrines of Parmenides. But while Zeno's method of argumentation was indirect, Melissus employed the direct method. He took up the principles of the Ionians and tried to show points of union between the Ionian and Eleatic schools. Metaphysical doctrine: All that we know of Melissus' doctrine concerning being may be summed up in the four propositions one being is eternal two being is infinite three being is one four being is unchangeable his metaphysical doctrine is therefore identical with that of parmenides save in one respect parmenides did not pronounce being infinite while according to melissus infinity is one of the attributes of being but as appears from fragment eight Melissus must not be understood to maintain the true infinity of being. Evidently, he had in mind infinite magnitude. Again, when he says "soma me exi," we must not imagine that Melissus had attained a precise notion of the incorporeal. His metaphysics was a blending of the Ionian school and the Eleatic doctrines, and we may suppose that there were many points of contradiction. The physical doctrines attributed to Melissus by Stobius and Philoponus cannot safely be said to have been held by him. Historical Position Melissus does not represent a development of Eleatic philosophy. His task was one of synthesis, or reconciliation, and in accomplishing this task he did not wholly escape the danger to which such an undertaking is always exposed. He admitted into Eleatic doctrines... Notions and definitions which were antagonistic to Eleatic principles. Retrospect. With Melissus, the Eleatic school ends. What was left of Eleaticism drifted into Sophism, for which Zeno had prepared the way by his abuse of dialectical reasoning. But though the school disappeared, its influence continued and may be traced through Heraclitus, Anaxagoras, and the Atomists down to Plato and Aristotle. The Eleatics were the first to formulate the problems of being and becoming, problems which are always the center of metaphysical speculation. These were the problems that Plato and Aristotle were to solve by the theory of ideas and the doctrine of matter and form. Pre Socratic philosophy is throughout objective in spirit and aim. It is a philosophy of nature. To this, Eleatic philosophy forms no exception. It is true that the Eleatics gave to physics merely a hypothetical value, and that they decry sense-received knowledge, contrasting it with reason. Yet, on closer examination, it will be seen that all their inquiry is concerned with the origin and explanation of nature, and that the being which they maintain to be the only reality is a something extended in space, or, as Aristotle describes it, the substrate of sensible things. Zeno, indeed, introduced dialectic into philosophy, but he treated it merely as an instrument of proof, unaccompanied by any inquiry into the nature and conditions of knowledge. The founder of the philosophy of the concept is Socrates, and Aristotle is right when he looks for the germ of Socratic philosophy, not in the Eleatic doctrine, but in the teachings of Democritus and the Pythagoreans. End of chapter 3